Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I, as always, am your host, Greg, and I'm back after a four-month hiatus, which I gotta be honest, I cannot believe it's been four months already. I, I, in my head, I was like, oh, it was a few months ago I did that one, but it, it was literally January. So I can't believe like how quickly time's been going. We, uh, we've, we kind of gotten out of our holiday season now. Um, our holiday season's weird because it kind of goes all the way through not just holidays, but tax time as well. And this year, uh, tax stuff has been delayed a little bit. So I would say all the way through April is our kind of tax time. <clears throat> Excuse me, not to mention, uh, we had our anniversary sale in April. Very, very big, like biggest day we've ever done by a lot. It was incredible. Um, and yeah, so the, the reason I wanted to do a podcast today, though, was one to get back and chat with all you lovely folks, but also because, uh, just last weekend we had the Midwest gaming classic. So that's like the biggest video game expo in the Midwest and it's just South of Milwaukee. So it's really, you know, it's close, it's close and easy to attend. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about that. I had an amazing find at a rummage sale Friday morning before going to Midwest. And then I want to talk a little bit about the anniversary sales. So yeah, I mean, just buckle up. Here we go. Uh, hopefully it's not too long. Um, I actually have another topic I want to do a podcast on, but I didn't want to put them together. So I, you guys might get a double dose. I might, I might roll up another, another one sooner than you think. Um, but you never know. I may not also because sometimes like I get, I get really excited to do this and then just the day gets away from me or my free time, you know, just gets pissed away, honestly, by me doing something else. And then all of a sudden it's over. Uh, today it worked out because I went to mow the lawn and my rider's battery is dead. So I got to trickle charge that sucker. And while that's trickle charging, then it's, uh, well, I'm here with all of you. <laughs> so, uh, so it worked out, but this is something I want to talk about. So first I want to talk about the anniversary sale. Uh, if, if you're listening and you came out to the sale, first of all, thank you. Thank you for coming to celebrate with us. It does mean a lot. Um, it was an unbelievable day. And also thank you for your incredible patience. Uh, that was an unbelievable day. I mean, the people were waiting a very long time to check out so much so that it actually upset me a little bit. Cause I don't like when people have to wait that long and, and nobody complained and everyone, you know, got through, but it was definitely one of those situations where you just think, man, what, if I were a customer, would I put up with that at a store? And I guess my answer would be if they deserved it and they were a good store. Yes. And maybe that's how everyone feels about me. So that's pretty cool feeling if that's true. And so we'll take it. But, um, we, uh, we had a, you know, th this was one, we hadn't done a sale in a couple of years, uh, last November, we did a really rough, like black Friday weekend sales. So black Friday and small business Saturday, we did like buy to get one free on games, but it was, we didn't advertise it at all. We didn't push it. We didn't want it to be too busy because we were still, you know, essentially just eking, you know, out of kind of <clears throat> COVID protocols and you still don't want to jam pack a store full of people. And, you know, obviously five months later, a very different situation. Um, which I'll kind of get into that a little bit too. Like, uh, you know, just on a personal level, I feel, 
you know, a little bit irresponsible as well, though, you know, probably still shouldn't have had that many people in the store. Um, I don't know. You know, I feel like there was perhaps a, a capacity that we should have been at and that maybe we went over that, you know, and, and, and I mean, no one, had, everyone's okay as far as I know, and no one had any problems. So it was fine. But, um, you know, it makes you just wonder about that stuff, I suppose. But so this one though, so this sale, I went all out. I did multiple Facebook boosts of our ad so that people knew it was coming. We used our loyalty program to text everybody and say, Hey, we got a sale coming on. Uh, Dave and I did a live stream the night before, and we showed off every section of the store, including the glass cases to kind of showcase the really cool stuff. And so we, we really pushed it. And, uh, that effort was rewarded in an unbelievable amount of sales. And while a lot of it was that, uh, a good chunk of it was also having the product. We had some just amazing trade-ins come in the weeks leading up to the sale. And we were doing like the Friday before the sale, we did like double what we normally do on a Friday and we weren't giving anyone a deal. That was just a regular day just because we had that much good stuff in. And a lot of people didn't want to wait and possibly not get the item at the sale. So, so that was wild, uh, watching people pick that stuff up. Uh, and so that day was really busy. And then Saturday comes and I've got, you know, the, the four full-timers. So it's me, Charlie, Dom, and Dave. We got Sean, who's our part-timer helping out. We have a part-time part-timer, Michaela, she's helping out. And then I have my wife there to help out with the table outside as well. So Jenny's there and she's helping with like all of the extra life stuff, all of the children's hospital stuff, like selling stickers and selling, you know, um, the, uh, getting the PS five raffle going, giving out the cookies to people that, uh, that came by. We had, a a local baker. If you're in, if you're in my area, if you're in the green Bay area, look up uh, busy bee confectionaries. Uh, she does, her name's Sarah. She does these amazing cookies. And if you were at the sale, you had one and they're all that good. Like they're, they, they look like muffin tops. That's how big they are. And they're these just delicious cookies. And she does peanut butter ones. I mean, just regular chocolate chip. Uh, she does a cookies and cream one that has Oreo chunks and those Hershey's cookies and cream candy bar chunks in there. It's like, this is mad scientist level cookie creation. And it's awesome. And so she does really good. So we bought like 300 cookies just to give to customers, you know. And then we had uh, a guy named Tommy. He has a business called Carcade like arcade with a C in front carcade and Tommy came down uh, or came up and he has this decked out like minivan kind of thing with TV screens and game consoles. And he actually is like a portable video game party. And so you can rent him out for parties and he'll show up at, you know, and like run tournaments and stuff. So like, you know, good for kids parties, but also fun for like lands or obviously a video game store event like mine. Uh, that was super, super awesome. And of course though, you know, it's the coldest day in April, <laughs> the day that I have my sale. If we had done it the weekend after, it was like 70 degrees. I'm so mad that I picked that day. But that day was important because it was literally 11 years to the exact day that I opened my store. And it was too cool to pass up, you know, literally 11 years to the day. And uh, and so then the sale, you know, it opens up and, you know, I was on register. I don't think I got off register for two or three hours. And then I went outside to check on my wife who's freezing outside trying to raise money for, you know, the children's hospital for me. 
and I go and I check on her. I send her home because she has to come home and take care of our pets and stuff. So she leaves like 1230. Uh, we have some one person still outside kind of taking care of, um, you know, the, wrapping it up. I think we wrapped all that up around 2 p.m. We still just had nonstop people in there. Normally, when we've done these sales in the past, you have a big rush till about one or two. It quiets down. You get another big rush around three, four, quiets down. You get a final kind of push at seven. This time it was just, it was relentless. I don't think it stopped until seven and it was awesome. I mean, we were just so busy. We, um, the line in the beginning of the day, when people started lining up the line went, so if you've been to my store, you know, it's very long. It's a long rectangular shape. Our cash wraps kind of in the middle against one of the walls. So it went all the way to one end of the store. The line did it wrapped to the back wall and then went the entirety of the back wall. So the whole, the line was basically the entire length of the store plus a little extra. It's madness. It was absolute madness. Uh, but you know, obviously very, you know, flattering that people were willing to do that and nobody complained. I, I didn't hear a single person complain. I mean, I think we were all busting our butts and moving really fast. So I think it's hard to complain when you see, you know, like the people working are working their asses off. I think it helps <laughs> to not be too upset at them. It's not like we're standing around on our phones and dinking around, you know? Uh, and so the whole day was just crazy. I mean, the busiest day we ever had was, you know, X amount. I'm not going to share the total amount just for, you know, business reasons, but like the busiest day we ever had was X amount. This was a 35% increase to our busiest day. So it wasn't like our busiest day. And then we did like a couple grand more or something like this was, this was our busiest day plus like ridiculous extra. Um, it, it was just awesome, completely exhausting. So the next day was Easter Sunday. And I think what we might start doing is we might just start closing the day after a sale that big, because like we were all, ch we were closed on Easter Sunday and we're, we're chatting in, in our group chat for our store employees. And we're like, I woke up and I'm like, I woke up literally tired. I woke up at like nine o'clock in the morning and I thought, I just want to go back to bed. I'm so tired. And then, you know, Dave was like, oh, my hip hurts. And Dom's like, oh, my legs hurt. Like every one of us was just aching and, and uh, just from just moving a bunch back and forth and standing the whole day and running back and forth and, and everything. But, um, but worth it. I mean, it was awesome. And it was a return to this just amazing event, which I like to do. And at least once a year, I like to do that. Like I, I like to put all of our eggs in our basket in one basket for one day and say, look, this is the day it's our craziest deals. We have a bunch of stuff going on. Come hang out with us. Um, we had two issues we ran into. Uh, one was my fault, uh, where someone was buying an Atari and a bunch of games and they had so much stuff. It didn't all fit on the counter. So I had moved, I rung up a bag and I had moved it down below the counter so that I could free up some other space. And then I forgot to give it to them. So that's a hundred percent on me. I can't even blame it on my employees. Um, and, uh, and, and so that was on me and I ended up shipping those out to him cause he lived a little further away. So I got that shipped out and then someone had called us and said, Hey, I bought these games, but of the three games, this game wasn't in the bag. And it was kind of weird because we know we got the game out and we know we put the game in a bag. So, but they claimed they didn't get it. And so we basically just refunded them the, the value of that game. Um, which obviously kind of sucked cause they picked three games and got one free and we refunded them one of them. So they basically bought a game and got one free, but it's our mistake. You know, you, you know, I still wonder if maybe that person dropped it or lost it, but I mean, you know, you can't prove that. And what are you going to do? You just, you take care of people and, and, um, and you, and you just hope they come back and take care of you. You know how much else you can do. 
uh but just gangbusters man it was just um it was one for the ages i don't i don't how else to say it it was just awesome it felt really good uh and then you know that was the 16th and then we knew in two weeks we were going to be heading down to Midwest. So it was it was kind of like we had a lot of things leading up to that moment. We had a lot of things leading up to we switched computer systems like two weeks before the sale. We had to transfer all of our inventory over all this. I mean, it was just like all these things we still had. Like I was still prepping the rest of my taxes, uh, the business taxes getting done because I'm working on new bookkeeping for that. So it was just like everything from January till now was just been stressful to say the least maddening is probably more accurate and and so we had all this stuff we had this pos switch over we had all those other things we got it done pos is switched over it's working great so we got a new point of sale and it's way better uh i just ran numbers for april april was up obviously when you have a monumental day like that you're gonna beat last year's numbers (laughs) but we had a great month and then now i know how to generate the reports and the new system we're completely transferred over to the new system now there's nothing we use the old system for anymore and it's kind of awesome it's great so um yeah so uh, with that being said so then it was kind of wild so then the week after that it wasn't the yeah i guess it would have been because it was 17th was the was easter uh and then the middle of that week would have been like the 21st yeah so like on the monday after so i think after easter i was off like monday tuesday wednesday and then i came back like you know thursday friday saturday sunday so i get an email from a a young lady from the children's hospital of Wisconsin. And she goes, Hey, I'm just been hired on. And my job is to help coordinate with like extra life, which is the fundraising charity we use to donate the money to children's hospital. And she's like, so we're working on that. She goes, I was looking at the extra life site. And she goes over the last seven years, you've donated $40,000 or raised $40,000. And I was like, Holy crap. Is that right? And I went back and I looked and that was right. I almost couldn't believe it. I was like, has it been, first of all, had it been seven years? I can't even believe it's been that long. Uh, But to have raised over $40,000, I was kind of blown away. And so she goes, so I just wanted to reach out and say thank you so much for all you do for us. And it's really incredible to meet people like you who are willing to be so selfless. I'm like, oh, that's really flattering. Like it really felt good. It felt good because I would do it anyway. I would raise the money anyway, but it feels good to be recognized for it you know who, who doesn't like that and then she goes oh by the way this coming wednesday we have the children's hospital uh um executive suite available and we have two tickets for the bucks game would you like to go to the bucks game on wednesday and i'm like are you effing kidding me uh yeah i want to go to the bucks game and one of my employees charlie he grew up in milwaukee he's a huge bucks fan and I'm like, yes, please, can we go? So me and him were both off Wednesday. We drive to Milwaukee Wednesday. And then we went and we got box. We had we had executive suite box seats for the Bucks playoff game. I mean, why? I mean, this. It, I don't know. I just, it was amazing. It was, and I've never been to an NBA game before. And I love basketball. I've loved basketball since I was in middle school and high school, but you know, fell off, you know, after the end of the nineties and the early two thousands kind of fell off of the sport. Like I got back into football, but never got back into basketball. And now I'm getting back into it. Of course it helps and your team's good. But, uh, yeah, so I went to a game and it was just awesome. Like it, it might be my favorite live sport to watch. I mean, it's, it's adrenaline the whole time, you know, like it just, man, it's not like football where there's some, a lot of downtime. I felt like it was and a playoff game anyway, just, just fantastic. So we went and did that and we met them and it was neat because the, the two ladies we met from 
the children's hospital, they don't know a lot about the streaming side of things. They don't know a lot about esports and tournaments. And I, I gave them my contact info and I said, reach out anytime. Uh, I said, I'd love to coordinate on more things. And I mean, we're talking about setting up turn esports tournaments with Packer players and Bucks players. And like, Oh my God, it's just the possibilities are endless. And the best part is it's all to raise money for the kids, man. And so it's all just, it's just all good. It's all good things, all positive vibes, you know, and Oh man, it's going to be awesome. Um, and so that was last week. Technically that was like, cause it's, I'm recording this on a Monday. So it'd be two weeks from this coming Wednesday. So a week and a half ago. And then the next week was Midwest, you know? So like, it's just been, April was like a whirlwind of, of emotions and stuff and stress and awesomeness and, and just all, you know, all taken care of. Welcome to May. So yesterday's May 1st, we actually closed the store for the weekend so we can all go down to the Midwest Gaming Classic. We we shut the store down Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We only buy tickets for Saturday and Sunday. But we go down Friday, get a hotel room Friday and Saturday night. We go down Friday, we hit all the game stores on the way down. Or I should say we hit a bunch of game stores. We don't get to hit them all. Hit a bunch of game stores on the way down. And then, you know, we get to Milwaukee and we just kind of hang out. We ordered dinner, uh, hung out in the room, played some games. Saturday starts, we go hit the show floor. And, um, and then, you know, we come home Sunday. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit more about Midwest, but before I can do that, before we left for Milwaukee Friday morning, we left green Bay around 1030. It was the Bellevue citywide rummage sale, which is right outside, like where I live. And so that starts around eight o'clock in the morning. So I thought, okay, well I'll go rummaging in the morning. Um, me and my buddy Jack went, I'm like, we'll, we'll go rummaging Friday morning and it will be done around 1030 and we'll go pick up the guys and go head down to Midwest. And so I have to tell the story because I found a once in a lifetime score. I mean, this is the sort of stuff you read about on Reddit and you don't believe it. And then it never happens to you. And it happened to me and I go rummaging a lot. So when I tell you the story and people are like, oh, you lucky SOB. Yes, that's accurate. But it's not like this happens all the time. I mean, getting this lucky rarely happens. Uh, so I want to talk a little about how that all worked and how it was almost a perfect scenario, oddly enough. So I'll go over the whole story and it's great. Um, and then we'll talk about Midwest. And then I want to talk about my pickups from Midwest, which is smaller than sometimes just my regular pickup pile when John and I were doing this every week. But I've got my pickup pile. Uh, and then, yeah. And, and then that'll be it. And we'll roll out of here. And hopefully I, I've got something I want to share, like kind of a complaint slash argument I have about something, but I want to talk to somebody and get their perspective on it first, because I want to know if I'm just being kind of a complainer. So that, that might be the, the next podcast I do. So hopefully I'll reach out to my buddy, uh, Zeon, and I'll talk to him about it and just kind of get his, you know, I want to see if I'm just being like a selfish weirdo which is possible because I'm definitely a weirdo. <laughs> I try, I'm usually not selfish though. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But uh, that's for another time, folks, because today we're talking Midwest and we're talking my rummage sale score. So that being said, the rummage sale. So we get to the Bellevue area right at like eight o'clock and I'm, I see a few signs and I'm like, nope, these are always the distractions. These are always like, don't follow these signs in the outskirts, get to the heart of the citywide and then work your way out from there. So I get to the citywide and we turn down the one road 
and it's just lined both sides of the street fully lined with cars you can't even park and i'm like well one that's awesome but two damn it i can't go to this rummage sale because i have to park like four blocks away so we miss the first two rummage sales we just drive past we say okay let's go to a parking spot and then hit the ones close to our parking spot and then we'll just hit the streets up and down see where it goes so we you know we're, we're going around you're checking a few i mean you know if you go rummaging you know you go to like 40 rummage sales to find one or two that have something you want i mean it's just you know it's a numbers game just cast a wide net see if you get lucky and so we're looking around and i haven't found anything yet um you see your first game is always like madden 2004 for ps2 it's the only game at the whole place so you know they had something else but then you know that's all that's left that's what the uh the, the that's what the vultures left behind the scraps and so we're going around and then finally we get to one that's got a bunch of dvds and a bunch of stuff and i go to the dvd area and i see a sealed we play with Wii Remote in the box for the Wii, factory sealed, and then a Wii Sports Resort sealed with the Motion Plus accessory. And there's $15 on both of them. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Like, they're sealed, they're brand new, 15 bucks each. These usually sell for around 50 to 80 bucks. So cool. Like, that's a, that's, a, that's a good get. That's a good flip. They're brand new and sealed boxes are in good shape, not dinged up at all. So I'm like, well, cool, that's nice. That's, uh, that's really awesome. So I scoop those up. And we're, we're, we're going around, we're checking other things, you know, not really finding much, you know, really. Uh, and then I actually stopped at a place and they had an electric drum set for a hundred bucks, like a really nice electric drum set. That's normally around, I would say three to 500 bucks. So I scooped that up. I've been talking about getting an electric drum set for a while. Um, it's dirty, needs some work, but man, for a hundred bucks, they had it on and, and testable and it was working great and, uh, and everything was awesome. So I scooped that right away and uh and so you know then as we're, we're kind of waning down we're almost done and as we're going through streets we kind of turn down one street and it's that very first road we started on and i'm like oh yeah we kind of made our whole loop around here man we're back where it began and this time there's not as many cars parked on the street so i park uh at this house and i get out and this was one of the ones we passed the on the very first street we went to and so I get out and right away on a table full of a bunch of toys, I see a PS2 game. It's Sonic Collection or it's, yes, the Sonic the Hedgehog Collection Plus for PS2. And I pick it up. I'm like, OK, well, the disc looks good. And like there's no sticker on it or anything. So I'm like, well, I'll offer him a buck. And if I get it for a buck, it's worth it. It's like a $10 game. It's it's nothing special. And uh, so I go into the garage and then I see a bunch of 360 games in there. And the 360 games say $8 each blah or two f two for 12 i'm like okay well there's six bucks a piece if you buy two and i found four pretty good games and i thought well if i can get these four for 20 bundle some more and get a discount it'll be worth it so i'll get them so i scoop up like four games i think it's like lord of the rings conquest left for dead 2 dante's inferno i forget what the fourth game is doesn't matter and so it's whatever i mean so it's like tw paying 20 dollars for like 40 dollars worth of game so nothing great but it's it's something to make it worth your while right and then uh so i go to check out and i say hey would you guys do four for 20 if you guys were going to do you know two for 12 would you do another discount if i do four and they said sure and then i said hey i found this ps2 game what uh you know how much is this and the lady just kind of goes hmm I don't know, like three bucks. And I went, oh, well, three bucks. I don't know. It's only a $10 game, you know, and I'm hemming and hawing. And then she goes, I have a whole box of PS2 games in the house. Do you want to take a look at those? 
And I thought, well, yeah, sure. And I told her, I said, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll take a look. And I'm still not really excited at this point because PS2 is PS2. It's sold a ton. There's a lot of copies out there. There are some games that definitely have value and there's a lot of games that don't. And most people have a lot of sports games or hunting games or racing games. And none of these things are worth more than, you know, 50 cents or a buck to me. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, grab box. I'd love to take a look. And so she brings out like a medium sized box. It's like a, like a diaper box, I would say. And it's maybe got 20 PS2 games in it. And I start flipping through and I see, oh, there's GTA three. There's this. Then I see, oh, I'm like, okay, well, SmackDown vs. Rock 2007, that's like a $15 game. Okay. And then I see like, oh, Time Splitters Future. Perfect. Holy crap. That's like a $40 game. Oh, Resident Evil, um, Resident Evil, uh, uh, online, the, um, oh, I'm totally spacing Resident Evil, uh, file outbreak, uh, number one, out- Resident Evil outbreak file one, I should say, uh, it's, it's outbreak, uh, two. I'm like, holy crap, that's like a 40 or $50 game. Like, oh, awesome. Here we go. And then the next one in, I, my heart skips a beat, like literally. And it sounds so stupid, but when you see a squirrelies in that stack of games of these just PS2 mediocre to crappy to decent games, all of a sudden out of nowhere, Rule of Rose, which is a five to $700 PS2 game. And I'm just like, uh, uh, and so I scoop it, of course, right away and I open it up and there's a memory card in there and the disc is in there. So I'm like, okay, good. And I, I start going through and I pick up the rest of the games that are going to be worth, you know, a good value. And so I pull out 10 of the games. I'm like, these 10 are the 10. And I'm just, I, I'm having, I can't even concentrate because I'm thinking about this game and I'm like, Oh my God, is it this? And I have to check the disc to make sure it's not too scratched, but also I have to look for top side because if there's top side, it won't work. And there's all these things going on, but my brain is just like not fathoming the score I got. And so I'm just kind of like, ah, I'm all over the place. And, uh, and so I go, Oh, Hey, you know, like how much did you want for games? She's like, well, how many do you have? I'm like, uh, I have 10 games. She goes, Oh, well, how about, you know, like four bucks a piece? How about 40 bucks? I'm like, uh, yes. Thank you. I will take that. And you know, you got, I got my face on, I got my poker face on, but it's hard to like, not be too excited. And my buddy Jack is looking through some games and he picked up a couple and I check out, give him the cash. I get my stack games and I just walk back to my truck. (laughs) I just walk back and I'm like, I'm losing it. Um, and then, uh, and then Jack comes back after he buys his games and he's like, Oh cool. I'm just like, Jack, Jack, this is a $500 game. It's a $500 game. Couldn't believe it. Now the interesting thing about it is I don't have this in my collection. I have Kuan, I have Haunting Ground, I've got the other heavy hitter horror games. I did not have Rule of Rose. And so now I do. And this one actually is going to stay home with me. But, you know, I thought as I tell this story, obviously there's going to be some people that are kind of annoyed by it, I think. And more so, it's going to bring up once again the the ethics of purchasing from someone. Because I get asked this a lot. Um, Now, I feel like it depends on the situation, but for the most part, when I go out to a rummage sale, if somebody says, Hey, my games are four bucks a piece. Do you want these? I have no problem paying the price they're asking. I don't feel that there's any sort of obligation on my part to say, Oh, this is worth way more. You should take more. Now, if the person said, Hey, I've got to sell all my games because you know, my husband's in the hospital, I need money. Like, okay, that'd be maybe a little different, but no, they just said, Hey, these games are four bucks a piece. Do you want them? And I said, yes. Now on the flip side of that, if someone comes to my store 
and brings these games to my store, they will get paid a percentage based on the value of the item. Because I feel like when they come to my store, they're coming there with the expectation that we're going to pay them a fair value for what the game's worth, regardless if they know what it's worth. And I've talked about that on the podcast before. It doesn't matter if I think they know the value or not. You don't take that risk. First of all, it's scummy. But besides that, you don't take that risk because if they do know and you lowball them, there's no coming back from that. Like you have just ruined you know, that customer experience. There's a, a store in Madison called Preplayed, which we have a preplayed around here. They're not related or connected. Similar store layouts though. Some of their employees come up and talk to us every now and then and like shop at our store. And one time they were telling me about a copy of Kuan they bought and they said, oh, the customer didn't even know what it was. And our computer system had it for like three bucks to pay. So we paid him three bucks. Oh, we marked that thing up to like 500 instantly. And I thought, you knew it was worth more money. And they came to a store. And just because they didn't know, you took advantage of them. Like that's a totally different scenario than if I'm at a rummage sale and someone says, this is the price of something. And I go and pay that price. So that's the distinction I would make if anyone out there right now is like, irritated with me for getting like a good deal on this or for thinking I ripped the people off. Um, I'm not going to be able to change your mind if that's how you feel, but I don't regard this as a ripoff. I regard this as I'm getting a good deal because I'm paying somebody what they asked. So that's, but that was the score. I mean, I couldn't believe that, you know, spending 40 bucks on PS2 games and there's a, well, I thought it was about three to 400 at the time. It's gone up a bunch over the last few months since we've had it. And so now we're, it's up to about yeah, it's up to like, I saw him go for 500 to 700, basically is kind of the range. Just just insane. But what's cool is I had never put the game in my collection because I'd always heard negative things about it. But now it's like, well, now I have the cool, positive story to go with it. Like, I love that I found this at a rummage sale for four bucks. Now it's going to go in my collection and it gets to go in there as, hey man, look at what I found for four bucks. Because most of my collection is stuff that I got through the store. So it's not really an exciting story. Oh yeah, a customer sold this to us and I bought it. I mean, that's not exciting. This is exciting to me. And so I'm really, really excited. I'm stoked about it. It's awesome. I sold the other games to the store then, you know, got enough money to make it worth like my time for my gas money and all that stuff driving around. And then I get to keep this just treasure of a game. Not that it's overly a great game, just that it's treasure as valuable. And I, I have been collecting horror games. The art on the box is really neat. And like, I did play the game today. I popped it in this morning and was trying it out. And I was like, I actually kind of like this. It's a third person, you know, um, like it's a third person, like action. Well, I don't want to say action game. It's not really an action game, I guess, but it's a horror game, fixed camera angles for the most part. It's got a little bit of that resident evil feel to it. Um, but good. It was fun. Um, and so that was the start. We didn't even get to Midwest yet. That's just the start. That was the rummage sale. And then, um, I pick up the boys. We head down, we hit a bunch of stores on the way. Um, we hit, uh, we started at, collecting haven in nina so that's a store he used to have a shop in kakana he's into like sports memorabilia and hats and caps and ball cards and pokemon cards but he does have a decent selection of video games so it's worth checking out um i was a little peeved by that interaction because he made a facebook post recently that said hey i just got these crazy games in like it was a bunch of really good rare nes games and he had a spreadsheet attached and the spreadsheet said the prices. And I'm like, well, wow, some of these prices are pretty good. Like, you know, I think it was like DuckTales 2 for 150 and it goes for about 200 So I was like, that's that's a good price. We get there. It's stickered at 250 So he, he put prices on the spreadsheet and then changed them but never updated the Facebook marketplace post. So it's kind of annoying when you see like 
prices being different. Now we can't hold him to any of that, and it's whatever. It's his prerogative, but it's a little it's a little frustrating, you know. Um, but we went there. It was still a cool shop to check out. Um, guy had some like crazy sealed GameCube games, like uh, just just wild stuff. Like you wonder where people like that get that stuff, um, because he's into so many different things. You know, he's into cards and and collectibles and like matchbox cars and toys and just anything you know but it's a cool shop and i I do recommend checking it out they definitely have some cool stuff his new store especially he moved from kakana to nina his nina location is much nicer um it's on college ave like off of 141 you take college ave off that way and it's kind of by like the lows that's over there it's roughly in that general area um and uh so uh, so we hit that. Then we hit, uh, of course, um, got to stop at Zach store started up press start games. Um, I scooped up there outrun 2006 for PS two. Um, it was like 60 bucks, but it's the original case has the Ferrari sticker on it still. And I've wanted that game for a while. Um, really fairly priced. So I picked that up. Uh, and then after that, we went down to start over games in Oshkosh. So I, we swung by Rob to check out his shop. Dave had never been there before. So Dave was, uh, was really cool to see, uh, Rob hooked me up with a, a bag of his homemade beef jerky. Uh, Rob and I are friends. Um, so obviously it's fine. It's weird. Otherwise normally you're like, Hey, I went to a game store and they gave me beef jerky, but Rob's a friend of mine and, uh, it was really good. It's like a hamburger jerky, but it had jalapeno. Oh, it was great. Great flavor. I had some this morning actually. Um, and then after that, we actually went down to Fond du Lac, but all the way over to Sheboygan. Cause we always stop at freak toys and then gaming generations. Those are the two stores in Sheboygan. We like to hit and freak toys is freak toys, man. Like I, I like that store. I like what they carry. I think the staff is very friendly. Like I like everything there, but game video games to them are clearly an afterthought. And sometimes their prices are out of whack, but they'll charge the same price for a game with reprinted cover art and a game that has its original cover art. And it's kind of annoying because like if that's a disc only, it should be cheaper. I mean, it just, they, but they don't look at their games that way. It's not their priority. So I get it. It's fine. Um, but we stopped there and I, I still scooped a couple things. I actually forget. I'll just include them when I talk about my pickups from Midwest. But, uh, you know, I picked up a couple things. Um, they have a rewards program there. I think every hundred you spend, you get $10 off, which is a really, really good, generous program, except, you have to use it in 30 days. <laughs> so like, I don't get down there that often. So thankfully on the way back, we stopped there so I could use my $10 off. Cause I'm not just going to drive down there and spend the $10 in gas to go to Sheboygan just to get a $10 off. Um, but yeah, so I, so we, we did that. So we stopped there. We stopped at gaming generations, which is just down the street. It's a much smaller store, but they have some really good games sometimes. And I found another, a uh, few more RPGs I needed and some other good stuff. Um, and then, the uh you know after that we booked it all the way down to milwaukee because there's a store down there called makes sense like dollars and cents so makes sense and they're again like a collectible store but they had a huge collection of power rangers come in and dave is just like goo goo gaga for power rangers right now and so we went down there but they also had some some cool games in their post so like well let's check it out so um we went down there dave found a bunch of power rangers he bought and then uh, i think i scooped a ps1 game there and after that, we hit the hotel. And then, yeah, basically, we ordered in some pizza. And then we just played some video games and hung out, drank uh, a little bit. Uh, I did not consume a 96-ounce Moscow Mule again like I did last time we were there in November. Uh, so I'm not hungover all weekend. I didn't do that. Uh, and it was it was fun. So that was just kind of a nice, chill day. You know, you wake and then you wake up Saturday morning, and you're just, you know, ready to go. So Saturday, uh, 
this is where I'm going to kind of criticize Midwest a little bit. Uh, some things I think are their fault. Some things are the vendor's fault. So I'm just going to go in and this might just be like not organized at all because a lot was going on that day. So the first thing, you know, just, just kick the day off is, you know, we have our tickets already purchased. We just have to go get our wristbands. We wait in line, not very long line at all for the wristbands. We get them, we put them on. It's like 940. The hall opens at 10. Yet the hall's open and people are walking around shopping already. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, if you say it opens at 10, open it at 10. If you're going to open it early, say when you're going to open it so that the rest of us can be there when it opens. It's just kind of frustrating. You know, so we go into this vendor floor and, and what I would say about Midwest this year was it's, it, it had less vendors. There were vendors I saw there back in November that were very big vendors that had a lot of product that weren't even there. And then there were more people because Midwest went out of their way to bring a bunch of YouTuber personalities in uh, because of that whatnot app, which is like a live auction app. A lot of a lot of streamers and YouTubers use it as a way to sell games to their fans. Um, most YouTubers use it and streamers use it as a way to rip off their fans, basically. So like they'll put stuff up at crazy inflated prices, but their fans buy them because it's from them. It's it's pretty gross, but it is what it is. It's it's this i uh, this idolatry sort of culture we're living in, where it's like people just want to look up to somebody. I mean, these YouTubers and Twitch streamers are just average everyday people, yet these people just want to look up to somebody, so they look up to them because they like the same games or something. I don't know. Uh, I'm not bitter. <laughs> it sounds like I'm bitter. I'm not bitter. It's just I don't get it. Like I don't get this idolization of these people. Um, and so okay, so you know, there's a lot of YouTubers there. There's like metal Jesus rocks is there who, if you've been listening to my podcast a long time, I have, I had a negative interaction with him personally, so I don't care to interact with him further. Um, John Riggs is there. Uh, he's fine, I guess. Like I don't have any, I don't have any love or hate for the guy. Um, I know he did a good video about the, the green paste that we use to clean. That's made by Rob at start over games. And, and Jack knows him, my buddy Jack knows him and he says he's a good guy. So it's, you know, he's there. They bring in Pat Contry, Pat, the NES punk basically is there. He's got books. They brought in the nostalgia critic who I, I can't just stand at all. Um, they brought in a gaming historian who's well liked by a lot of people. Uh, I'm not much of a content consumer of that stuff but you know so there's just a lot of these like youtube personalities there and so i think that brought more people to the show but there were less vendors so the vendor hall was really packed with people and not spread out enough to give us enough room to shop properly which now this year midwest the, the, the people that put on Midwest claimed it was the biggest one they ever did. They had three floors of stuff to do. Yep. I don't understand. Like, but for some reason it, it felt smaller. Like the vendor room for sure was smaller, but there was a ton of room. They could have spread people out and made it much more like have a much more of a flow where you could get in and out. And this isn't necessarily the people who organize Midwest's fault, but the people who rent these booths, some of them must just like be complete morons because they design their table layout in such a way where you start to look at their stuff and then all of a sudden you get trapped and you're stuck and you can't like walk through, you can't walk out. You have to tell people like, hey, can you get out of the way so I can leave this booth? I'm like trapped in like a dead end trying to look at Nintendo games, you know? And that happened a lot. I mean, I would say there was at least 10 to 20 booths that were so poorly planned out 
that it was very difficult to shop them beside the fact that there were way more people. I mean, this was, you're walking down and you have to like walk sideways and kind of like, Oh, Oh, let me look in here. And then someone moves and you kind of dart in there real quick, just so you can take a look at a bunch of PS one or Nintendo carts, you know? And so it's, it was frustrating. So I'll admit Saturday shopping was frustrating. And I felt like I got around the whole show floor in about an hour and a half, which is very small. It, when I used to go to Wizard World, and even last year at Midwest, I swear it took me at least two or three hours to get through everything to look at every table. I was in like an hour and a half. I was toast. So that it it, it was definitely less vendors, like not even a question. Um, and, and you know, and, and that's fine. Um, we heard from some vendors back in November that they were mad that it was happening in April again, because they didn't want to, they, they said, how are we going to restock all of our product by then? Which, I mean, I get it. A lot of these people are not game store owners. In fact, I would say most aren't, you know, they're, they're like Facebook flippers, Craigslist flippers and convention goers, which is fine. I mean, it's, it's a little, it's a little weird, like seeing a hobby that you love plus having a game store that you feel like I'm trying, I feel like I try to legitimize a lot of this activity and behavior. And I feel like people like that just kind of come in and just shoot from the hip and just like fly by the seat of their pants. And I don't know. It just, it just feels like they're not as genuine about what, what they're doing. And, and that might just be me because I'm, you know, been doing this so long and maybe I am jaded, but you know, I, I want everyone to be successful. And I think the bigger that a gaming convention is the better it is for the hobby um but as it gets bigger as more people start showing up the vendors start going just bonkers with their prices like i would say last year in november i found plenty of things that were overpriced but the majority of things were well priced this year i felt like the majority of things were overpriced and i was digging through bins just to find a normal price, not even to find a deal. There's no deals to be had. I shouldn't say none, but you know, for the most part, there's not a lot of deals to be had, but it's, it's not about the deals. Like I'm digging through all the PS one games just to find the ones that are the price they're supposed to be, you know? Um, and, 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 you know, obviously you don't have to buy the stuff, <laughs> so it's fine, but it was frustrating. And I had a couple of negative interactions. Um, on Saturday with some sellers. And it was frustrating to me because I know what the stuff's worth. I know what it sells for on eBay. I know how to check values. And these people were coming up with essentially what you call con prices. And it's not con as in a con man, it's con as in convention. And these are people who jack the price way up because it's a convention and they know a lot of people are bringing a lot of money. And it's unfortunate and it sucks, but it's the way of the world. But I had felt like the last few times I'd been to Midwest, I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel like everybody here was doing this, but obviously with the raising, with the rising prices and the collectability of video games over the last year or two, um, it's just kind of pushed a lot of these people to like a whole new level of like shady dealing. Um, for instance, let me give an example. So there was a booth that had this big wooden glass case and he had all of his super Nintendo games and Nintendo games were all complete in box. They were what we call pancaked. So that means they're they're lying on their side. So imagine you're looking at it the long that the short way, not the long way. And then they're just stacked like six games high. So it's on a shelf. The shelf is full, and they pancaked all the games in there. So it's it's kind of like I, I mean, first of all, that's a terrible way to display them. There's no prices on anything, which 
that's a big pet peeve of mine, which I'll get to in a minute. There's no prices on anything. So you have to approach the guy and be like, hey, man, I'd like to see some prices on some of your stuff. So there were three games that I wanted to buy from this particular vendor. Now, one of them last summer, I was bidding for one on eBay. It's Ogre Battle for the Super Nintendo. The last one had sold for about 400 bucks. I put my bid at 600 so that I would make sure I wouldn't lose it. And it went for like seven plus. I could not believe I got outbid on it. I thought I was so high up there that I wouldn't have a problem. Well, okay. So he's got one here in mint condition. I look it up again. The last one that sold in that condition and in really good shape and complete with maps, everything, 1200 bucks. I'm like, good God, that's, oh, that sucks. But I'm willing to go there. It's a game I need. And I'm more than willing to pay the value of something. Um, if it's in that good a condition and it's good shape, I'm willing to pay it. So I asked the gentleman, gentlemen, how much is Ogre Battle for the Super Nintendo? And he goes, oh man, that one's really nice shape and it's really complete, like everything's there. And I go, that's great, man. That's actually what I love to hear. I love hearing that's how complete it is. I said, that's what I buy. I said, I'm not messing around today. I have money and I'm looking to spend it. Um, I didn't say that to him, but you know, I'm just like, I'm like, hey man, I, I have no problem buying high ticket items. What do you got on there? What's the price? And before he even pulls it out, he just goes, well, I got 2,500 on it, but it's really nice condition. And I just went 2,500. I'm like, man, the last one that bid out on eBay was 1,200. Like, and it was just a week ago. Oh, well, I saw one bid out for like 15 to 1,600 and it was all beat up. And so, yeah, mine's worth 25, I think. And And I'm just like, okay. So I don't get too aggravated because it's his, it's his shop, man. He could sell stuff or try to sell stuff for whatever price he wants. Good for you. If he sits on it for another 10 years, it'll probably be worth that much. So, okay. So the other two games I want, one of them is a game called Wild Arms XF for the PSP. And the other one is a game called Generation of Chaos, like a a, a year of something. It's the sequel to Generation of Chaos. Wild Arms is a $100 game all day, maybe 110 if you're pushing it. And the Generation of Chaos sequel is a $30 game all day. Like literally the last five sold on eBay for 30 bucks. So I asked him about those and the wild arms when he goes, Oh, the wild arms one, I'm pretty sure is 195. And I just went 195 and he goes, I'm pretty sure. Does that sound like in the ballpark? I'm like, and I, I don't know why he's asking me that, but I just went, no, man, that sounds about double what it's supposed to be going for. I said, it should be around a hundred bucks. Oh, well, let me take a look. Uh, and then he looks at his phone. He's checking the prices. I don't know what he's checking. Cause if he checked price charting, it was about 89 to 95. And then if he was checking eBay, it was around 100, 110. He just goes, hmm, yeah, 150 for Wild Arms. Yeah, 150. I'm like, what, 150? Are you out of your effing mind, dude? Come on. And so I'm annoyed. So I'm like, well, what about this, you know, Generation of Chaos? Just, it's $30. If you tell me 35 or 40, I'll probably still buy it because it's uncommon, but I can just go on eBay and buy one. And so he's like, oh, let me see, uh, that one. Yep, that one's 50, 50 bucks. Yep, I'm like, F this guy, man. I'm just, this is nonsense. And I just went, okay, man. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like, I just can't pay over, you know, eBay average prices. I said, I'm willing to pay what they're worth. I'm just not willing to pay that much more. Oh, okay. I I respect that. I respect that. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So then he's, but then he kind of goes off a little bit more about, he's like, it's just, you know, it's the condition, man. Like these are in such good condition. You can't let them go for, for that little, you know? And I just went, okay, man. Well, good luck with the sale. And I walk away. Cause I'm not trying to criticize anybody's stuff. I'm not trying to make him feel bad. But he was trying to justify why his prices were batshit insane. And I, I just, I can't, I have no tolerance for that. Um, you know, I walked by a table 
and there was a little Samson in pretty good shape, admittedly, uh, no sticker on it. Hey man, what you got in that little Samson? Cause I have a, I have a little Samson complete in box and that game is worth about 6,000 bucks. If I had to guess five to 6,000 back in November, there were complete ones selling for around 5,000. And he goes, and it looks, don't get me wrong. It looks nice. I actually looked at it and was like, I wonder if this is nicer than mine. It was that close to the condition of mine. I'm like, well, how much you got in that, man? 7,500. <laughs> what the fuck? Get out of here. <laughs> like, and guess what? It was still there Sunday afternoon, right before we left. So yeah, no one's biting on a little Samson for that price, but go ahead and just show it off. Show it off. He had like a really nice condition bubble bobble too. I didn't even ask what that was. Um, just nonsense prices, man. And the, these are, there's a store in Chicago called, uh, retro something. I forget the name of it. Retro dimension, retro dimension. And I went there a couple years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And I was like, man, this store is pretty cool. Had I struggled a little bit to find, you know, things that were fairly priced. Like a lot of stuff was overpriced, but it happens. You know, I picked out a Saturn game or two and I was good. Well, he's got a booth there. He has a copy of Star Fox Adventures for GameCube for $80. It's a $40 game, like maximum. We had one loose, and I think the loose disc was $25. I mean, this, the $80, it's crazy. And and like, I get why you know some people are, are mad about the prices of retro games going up and they're not being helped by people like this that are inflating them to stupid prices and and the big thing about his store that retro dimension the big thing about his store is he's really big on has registration card has registration card so that's a new thing if, if you've been in game collecting for a while or if you're getting into it again that's a new way that these high-end collectors are trying to separate why their stuff should be sold for more money is if it includes the registration card now, not every game came with the registration card, but a lot did. And so that's this new thing, like, and on all of his stickers, with Reg, with Reg, with Reg. So he's bragging about having registration card, but making that somehow make the value more. Now, is it over time going to make the value more? Yes. And on eBay, it already is because they've begun the legwork for separating the value. It's quite infuriating, actually. <laughs> Um, because it's just a bunch of people like high-end collectors trying to like you know pull their pants down and, and measure who's got the rarer games and it's another metric for that it's just it's just obnoxious so that was just kind of all over the vendor floor i mean that's what, and then it was super busy so one you're annoyed because you got just weirdos everywhere and i love games and i love video games and i love my customers and i love people who like to play games but there's so many like people that are so socially awkward and, and no manners, like people bumping into you and they don't say anything. And you're just like, God, this is just nasty. It's just not, it was not a great experience. So I head to other parts of the show. I'm like, you know what? I'll come back down later in the afternoon. when It's quiet down a little bit. I'm not really looking for anything rare. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll find stuff I want at the price I want, you know? Um, but there was one item actually that I did need that I was hoping to find, which is a game called Princess Tomato for the NES. And I, I needed one mint in box. And I'm like, you never see this game anyway, let alone mint in box. It's not going to happen. And I kid you not, the fourth place I stopped at had a mint in box Princess Tomato. <laughs> now, this is another perfect case, though. This game in really good condition complete is about 450 bucks. This one 
beautiful box, admittedly, mint condition box. No booklet. He wants $550 for it. Oh, come on, man. You want $100 over the last one that sold? And it's got no book. The book is 70 to 100 bucks. Come on. So I see it and I go, you know what? I'll wait. I'll wait until Sunday and I'll see what kind of deal I can make on this because I know, and thankfully I remembered this, at my store, I have a booklet for Princess Tomato. So I don't need a complete one. I just need a mint box and cart, which is what he was selling. So it seemed kind of like fate, you know? But I'm like, I'm I'm not going to make an offer on it. I went there, I looked at it, I took it out, I looked at it, put it back in the case and said, if it's still here tomorrow or later in the day, I'll keep checking on it. And as I made my rounds, I kept going back to it and it kept sitting there. Um, and so I decided to go check out some of the rest of the, the, shop, uh, the, the stuff. And at this point, like the other guys were kind of like, you know, done walking on the sales floor. They went back to the room to drop some stuff off, fill up their drinks, you know, whatever. And uh, so... I decided to go to the third floor. The vendor, the vendor hall was on the first floor. The second floor was all like the extracurricular stuff. So like the homebrew games, the modders, you know, some of that stuff. And then the third floor was the, the, I don't even know what you call it, but it's basically like, it's the arcade. That's where in years past, there were hundreds of pinball and arcade machines all on free play. And you just walk up and down and play them. Uh, it's got every system ever made hooked up and playable. It's awesome. So I go up there and the hall's like half empty. They have all the game consoles still, which is awesome. There's only a handful of arcade games. Like there's like one row of our two rows of arcade games, maybe another row of pinball and then other pinballs scattered around. And that's it. Like I've got up here as I'm recording this, I've got up the Midwest gaming classic website and it's cycling through like the pages and one of the pages shows like a background picture of the old arcade hall and it's rows and rows it's like there's like 10 to 15 rows of video games to play this has two so and what's really weird about that is every machine that was playable as far as arcade games go were all up for auction Now, they did this back in November, but not every machine there was up for auction. So what that tells me is that this year, the only arcade games they got were the ones that were being auctioned. When in years past, somebody must have been bringing arcade games to them. Somebody must have been, somebody must have been supplying them with just playable games. And that was not here this year. So that was disappointing. Like that room used to, I could sit there all day. I went up there for a half an hour and I came back down. So I was really disappointed in that as well. Um, Maybe it's because it was so close to the last one. Maybe next year with a whole year gap, it'll be different. And I hope it is because I think that room's really the selling point, especially for family day. They call Sunday their family day. So if you're there on Sunday and that's all there is to play, like, I don't know, man, it it did not, it did not feel full like we've had in the past. Um, and so then I was kind of doing that and dinking around. I think I was back in my hotel room by five, got some dinner and then played some games in my room, uh, hung out with the guys. We talked about our finds and then that was it, man. I mean, so I, I went from the show floor from 10 to five, 10, 10 to four, realistically. So six hours I did the whole show. That's kind of sucks, man, because normally I want to be like a two day event. In fact, what's so funny is on the drive down, I was telling the guys, man, they really need to make this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because 
that would be so cool to go down and be able to go back and forth for a couple days like wizard world's like that well they don't call it wizard world anymore i think it's called fan expo or whatever but the comic book conventions are like that and uh not like this one's not but i can't see what we would have done there for two full days let alone a third day yeah i don't know it's kind of sucked so i was disappointed in that um so sunday morning though we get up we're gonna make one more the plan is to make one more run around the hall scoop up anything we want to scoop take a look at things because it's gonna be a lot less busy and then bounce out of milwaukee by about noon hit a couple of the stores on the way back home so i can use my credit at freak toys and then get back down so we hit the vendor floor and it's way slower way fewer people and it was awesome you actually got to shop you got to look around you got to see things you didn't feel guilty like you were in somebody's way you didn't have someone like crawling on the floor in front of you trying to like get under a table like this nonsense behavior wasn't there it was quite pleasant you just walk up to a booth and start looking at stuff it was awesome so that's where the majority of the stuff i bought came from was day two which again i'm not looking for rare stuff so i don't need to be there day one like right away checking that stuff out um so it was good uh day day two was fun it was fun to go through the booth uh i go ahead and i stop right away at the booth that has that princess tomato and i said hey man you know uh, so i talked to the guy whose booth is like hey man i'm greg um i just want to tell you i looked at your princess tomato yesterday i love the condition of the box like it's incredible shape i said um but i want to talk to you and see if you'd be willing to move on the price at all and i said i basically broke it down like i did for you guys i said you know the last one i saw sell complete was 450 now I understand, though, that your box is in immaculate condition. I understand that adds value, so I'm not going to take that away from it. I said, but yours is also missing a manual. So I said, if so, I said if you were to price this at 550 in my opinion, without a manual, it does drop it down to $450. So I I would pay $450 in cash if you want to drop it. Now, $550 to $450 is not very realistic. If, you're not, if you don't negotiate a lot with people like this, then you don't realize that that's not what I'm expecting to get. I'm not expecting to get it for 450. I'll take it, <laughs> but I'm not expecting it. I'm expecting him to counter with up to 500. And if he counters at 500, I've decided that's the price. Since I have a book at home, I'll make it complete and I'll basically get my complete copy for 500 bucks. That's in my head. That's where I'm at. So I, I kind of lay this out for him. I said, Hey, and if not, totally understandable i i when i negotiate i i'm not rude about negotiating because i'm gonna lay out what i want and what i'm willing to pay and if they want to we make a deal if we don't we don't like i'm not mad at them for not even though i would argue i felt like this was overpriced so you know we we talk about it and he goes well he's like what what do i got on 550 huh well oh and i should actually let me include this real quick so his other guy that was helping him there i was talking to him a little bit about it the day before and he even said himself he's like oh he's like man i've almost offered to buy that from a bunch of times i just i I think that game's really cool and then i thought oh interesting so this has been here a while this isn't just new today this has been at previous conventions and it's still here which that tells you it's overpriced if it wasn't overpriced it would have sold already so anyway so he says well what i got 550 well i'd have to at least be at 525 and i'm like oof and I went, man, I'm like, well, I said, I, you know, I understand like, like 450 was, you know, that was a big ask to come down a hundred bucks. I said, you know, if, if you were at 500 and you could come down a little bit more, like I, I would do that. I'd, I'd be there for that. Oh, I, I, yeah, 525 is the lowest I want to go. I'm like, okay, well, I appreciate your time man. you have a good day. Thanks for, you know, be willing to, to make an offer. I do appreciate it. And I, I, you know, good luck with the sale. I hope you guys make a bunch of money and, and then you take off. And, uh, and I did, and I walked. 
And that really irritated me because I really wanted it, but I you had to walk. I mean, that price, and I know you're going to say to yourself, well, man, when you're buying a $500 game, what's well, another $25? But really, 500 is overpaying. That was my top for a reason. 450 to 5 really is the range I should have been in, not 5 uh, automatically. So I walk, and, uh, you know, so we're walking around the the convention center like doing our last kind of runs and i'm scooping up some other games i'm really happy with getting because not not having to worry about princess tomato and keeping the cash on hand for that i'm like i can blow cash and other stuff i wanted and then we're going around and i'm just like we're, we're getting ready to go and i thought you know what i gotta make one more run before we go i have i have to ask him one more time i just i feel like this game is the condition of game i need in my collection i can't like i can't dick around with this but I will not go over five. Like I, just, I would not, I would not. And again, should I have? Yes, because the condition of this box is incredible. So I go back there and I said, Hey man, you know, I, 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 I said, I just, I couldn't do it without asking one more time. I said, um, you know, we're getting ready to head out of town. We're, we're, we're heading out. And I said, I got to stop one more time. And just ask, I said, um, I, I, the princess tomato is an amazing shape with, with no book. If you would do 500, I will, I will happily do 500, but I just, I can't go any higher. But if you're willing to do it, I said, it'll go to a good home, my collection. It'll never see the sunlight again <laughs> and it'll be awesome. And, and the guy's like, man, he, he was looking at it. He pulls it out of the box and he's like, oh man, like you could tell like he almost like he was in love with this thing. And I, and I get it. It's a nice condition one. And then he, and then he says, yeah, you know, I, I actually have two of these and this was the one I, I kept the other one. And I'm like, this was the one you passed on like your other ones in better shape than this one. Cause this thing's damn near perfect. I mean, it's gotta be 9.5 out of 10. I would say this is, and he's like, yeah, yeah. The other one was just, just looked better to me, you know, like, Hey, whatever. I don't care. This is perfect for me. So after he's just kind of back and forth a little bit, he's like, all right, all right, I'll 500. I'll do it. I'm like, okay. Now I felt like I had to pull teeth for crying out loud just to get my maximum price, which I still feel is overpaid. I feel like I overpaid for this game by about 50 bucks. So that was my reach. That's why when you say, well, if he said 525, why wouldn't you just buy it? Because I was already reaching 50. If now I'm reaching 75, you can't just look at it and say, oh, it's an extra 25. You have to really look at it and say, well, it's not an extra 25. It's an extra 75. You were willing to do an extra 50, but now we're talking extra 75. Like it, it, it matters. Um, you know, I have the money. I can buy that sort of stuff. I shouldn't probably worry about that, but you try to have some principles. You try to draw a line somewhere, you know, otherwise you just buy everything and who cares? Uh, so yeah, so that was that. Um, and, uh, and that was pretty much it. Then we, we noped out, we hit a, we hit freak toys again so that I could use my $10 off credit. And then we went home. I dropped all the boys off, got home and then watched TV and hung out with the wife the rest of the night because, uh, I was exhausted. <laughs> so it was, it was awesome. Um, but, uh, so th- yeah, so that was Midwest. Um, I, I have a hard time telling people not to go. I don't think I've gotten to that stage yet, but, um, you know, it's not what it was even back in November. So I'm hoping next year when we go, it'll be different. I'm hoping it'll get back to its form. Obviously there was a weird year being off schedule because of COVID and then doing one again to get back on schedule. So I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and, and say that they'll probably reach that potential back again next year. So if you've never been highly, highly recommended. Um, I also wanted to say too, actually, um, I forgot to mention this earlier, but, uh, someone, uh, who listens to the podcast actually approached me and said, Hey, 
I, I, a few people actually did. It was kind of, it was, it was cool. Um, and I don't want to call him out, but he knows who he is if he's listening and he said he listens and, and he follows me on Twitter, but, uh, he, um, he had said like, Hey, I heard your voice and I, you know, I, I follow you on Twitter and like, you know, is your name Greg? I'm like, yeah, that's me. And we talked a little bit and really, really nice to hear. And it does make me feel bad that I don't do more of these anymore. And coming up over the summer, we're going to be reducing our store hours. And so you, I want to get back in the regular swing of this. I think it's time to get back to it. Maybe not every week. Maybe we'll start doing every month and then I'll start doing every other week, you know, but I want to, I need to get back on it because I enjoy it. You know, the tough part is it's already like I've been recording for an hour now. Then with the editing process and all that stuff and the upload and then the sharing, it's like, that's a couple hours of my day. And you're just like, man, that's a chunk of your day. But I do like it, and and I really appreciate people who do tell me that they listen and that they like it because it does it fuels the fire for sure, and it makes me want to go again. So thank you, uh, you know, if, for approaching me. I, I, and then people in the store too. Like I have I have people come to the store and they'll say, hey, what? So they'll they'll talk and I'll recognize them as a customer, and then they'll be like, so when's the next podcast coming? I I, I like it. I do like it. So if if you ever in my store and you want another podcast, it's been a while. It's not guilting me. You're just excited and you want to. So I, I'm all for it. So I love to hear it. Um, so yeah, I guess, like I said, I, I want, I want people to go. I think people should check it out. Um, I, I wonder sometimes if I should do a booth down there, but there's something really weird. I don't know how to say this. I, I, I feel like I would be in the top one to 5% of what I do as far as what I think the quality is, the quality of product, the quality of service, the cleanliness of the store. Like I feel like I'm in the top 5% of game stores in the country. I don't really have a lot to base that off of. It's just, you know, my own personal thought. But when it's hard when you see that many vendors and that many games in one spot to not feel small. And it's hard to get over that feeling of like, I'm just a little pissant in this massive sea of game of, of game reselling like who am i you know i'm just as i've this little nerd in green bay wisconsin who's got a store these people do conventions they have some people have multiple locations and i, and I just think it's hard not to feel insignificant but um but it's supposed to be a celebration of that of of that of of the all these people coming together and i ultimately think it is but it's it's hard not to feel that way it's hard not to feel small is the best way to say it. But um, but it makes me want to do more things. Like it makes me want to have a booth down there, but I could take my whole store down there and sell half of it. And then what do I got left at the store? You know, like, yeah, sure, making a bunch of money to conventions, great, if all I do is conventions, but I've got a brick and mortar store to maintain. Part of the reason we're successful in that is because we have a strong inventory. The reason we have a strong inventory is we don't do online sales and we don't do conventions. Now I could go to conventions and I could take a bunch of weird, obscure, rare stuff. I have a bunch of sealed games I could take, you know, and you could put them at max value and you could sell some of that stuff. But that's a finite inventory, you know, and, and I talked about it on this podcast in the past, but the used game video store is an ecosystem and quite fragile at that. It requires balance and you can't just sell all your stuff or you have nothing that brings people in the door. You can't just buy a bunch of stuff because you need money to buy that stuff. So you got to sell some stuff. It is a balancing act. uh, And it it involves not just what you buy versus what you sell, but what you pay for what you sell. It's all part of this formula. Um, And and it all all works. And I think that's such a drastic change to go to a big convention like that. Now, 
I won't lie. There's something appealing to me that would say, what if I didn't have a store and I just did like four conventions or five conventions a year? That'd be kind of sweet. But having the store is what brings me the product. So you have to have a home base. And then once you have the home base to buy stuff, then, you know, that's what refills the store, you know, so. But anyway, we're already at an hour and seven minutes. So let me, uh, let me go through my pickups and then we're going to bounce out of here. It was so much fun doing this again with y'all, but uh, let's, let's get to the good stuff. This is what you really came for. You don't give a rat's ass about my philosophical takes on life. No, sir. You just want to hear about the games and that's fine. (laughs) So, uh, we'll start with PS one. Well, let me start with first. So first I got princess tomato. Uh, I was at the store this morning. I picked up the book that we had at the store. So it is now complete and it's nice and it's going to go on my shelf. And I'm very excited about that. Um, for PS one, I picked up a slew of PS one games and actually ones I'm pretty happy about having. So there's a lot of PS one games that I've been putting in my collection lately where even I cringe a little bit. I'm like, Oh God, like why do I have this? Or why do I have that? These were all ones that I, there were some in here I really, really wanted. And that was kind of neat uh, to see that much variety. But let's start at the bottom. Iron Soldier 3, Rat Attack, Mist. Got a really good deal on Mist. It was in really good shape. Discworld 2. I actually really like the Discworld games, and I don't know how I didn't have the second one or why it'd take me this long to not like go get one. But I got that for about $20 under retail value. Um, I picked up the Street Fighter collection for PS1, Ace Combat 2, Worms, uh, a game called Mobile One Rally Championship. It's an EA Sports racing game for PS1, but it's sponsored by like Mobile One. But it's racing, it's PS1, it's Rally, and it's EA, so I'm going to buy it. Um, Ball Blazer Championship, Tiny Tank, Gekio Shooting King. That's like a shmup. Um, I got that about 20 bucks undervalued. Uh, Auto Destruct is a, like a combat racer. Romance of the Three Kingdoms 4. I got Rush Hour. And then I got... Um, Oh, hold on one second here. Uh, I got PGA Tour 96, which I know you're probably like, what? But it has a big box variant. So I got the, the, the long box variant and the jewel case variant kind of at the same time. So I'm going to do another Twitter post about like the differences between the, the jewel case and, and long box versions. Um, found a really minty copy of Battle Arena to Shinden. Um, a really minty copy of Street Fighter Alpha long box. And then I scooped up um, Spider-Man Web of Shadows for PS2, Wizardry for PS2, it's a good RPG, Biker Mice from Mars for PS2, and then lastly, a couple of PSP games, Dungeon Maker 2 and R-Type Command, which R-Type Command is interesting because it's R-Type is known as a shmup, but Command is actually like a tactical RPG, <laughs> tactical combat R-Type, kind of weird, but cool. Um, and yeah, so th- those are my pickups from midwest and from a few of the game stores on the way down like i said i also got outrun 2006 and my rule of rose for four dollars from a rummage sale um all in all it was a good time uh i i i really think everyone if you can go should go it is fun at least once to experience it uh i'm gonna i'm gonna look on their website i don't know if they have one but i want to send them some suggestions or some questions i had about that stuff because i think this could be more and and i would like to see I'd like to help more with this. And I don't know, maybe they don't need my help, of course. I'm just some lowly video game merchant from Green Bay. But I would love to offer more help and see if we could make this thing even bigger. Because I love what they got going on, and, and I appreciate the people that put it on. I've had some personal interactions with them, and they seem like really nice guys. And they're just trying to do something in this area that we don't have, and it's cool. Um, so pr- pretty awesome stuff. But uh, so th- um, but that's it. And that was my adventures uh, in game in game hunting 
over the weekend. Midwest Gaming Classic fun event. Rummaging on Friday was absolutely bonkers. And uh, yeah, man. And that was it. It was it was a good time. So uh, as always, thank you for listening and watching. I don't know why I'm saying watching. I don't put these on YouTube anymore. But thanks for listening. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at GameTradeGreg. Follow me. I will follow back unless I look at your timeline. You got a whole bunch of weird like political garbage uh, or like a bunch of weird conspiracy theory stuff. I will most likely follow you back um, as long as you're like active too. Like if there's one tweet every six months, I, you know, I'm not going to bother. But um, but follow me on there. Follow me on Twitter and, you know, uh, we'll, we can, it's an easy way to chat. You know, you can tag me in posts and, you know, um, my DMs are, are, are usually open. I'm pretty sure they're open all the time because I have no no issue uh, chatting with people about stuff. So, um, and, uh, and yeah, and of course, uh, if you're not listening to this on like iTunes or Spotify, you can like and subscribe there. And on uh, my Twitch channel, we actually changed the name of the Twitch channel where it's now GameTrade underscore Greg. And that's Greg with two G's at the end. Um, basically, the drop rate and I are going through like some some splits of things. We're not like breaking up or anything, but I'm handling the Twitch stuff and Jer- uh, Jordan's handling the YouTube stuff. So youtube.com slash the drop rate uh, is the way to go there. So uh, again, thank you. I really do appreciate y'all. Take care. We'll talk to you next time, hopefully sooner than four months. Have a good one. Bye-bye.